Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into A History of God by Karen Armstrong, a profound exploration of the evolution of the divine in the world's three major monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Armstrong reveals the transformation of the concept of God from the early days of a wrathful deity to contemporary interpretations, detailing the intricate revelations and theological debates that have shaped our understanding of what God means across different cultures and epochs. Author Karen Armstrong, an acclaimed religious commentator and former nun, brings her extensive experience and education to the table. With a history of religious dedication, an Oxford education, and a resume that includes lectures in literature at the University of London, Armstrong's writings offer a deeply informed perspective on faith. Her expertise is also reflected in her other works such as The Battle for God, Islam, A Short History, and Buddha. This book is essential reading not only for adherents of the Jewish, Christian, and Muslim faiths seeking to understand their spiritual heritage, but also for historians, philosophers, and even atheists intrigued by the influence and development of the concept of God in society. Join us as we uncover the enduring legacy of how God has been perceived, molded by human hands and minds, and how this shapes the spiritual and cultural landscapes of billions. A History of God the 4,000-year quest of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Introduction. Explore the shifting sands of spirituality with a journey through the evolution of God. Dive into the tapestry of faith and spirituality that has been intricately woven throughout human history. Whether faith guides every step you take or you hold a secular worldview, one truth remains unwavering. The profound impact of monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam on the fabric of history. From the hushed whispers of ancient prophets to the thundering impact of religious conquests, the concept of a single, omnipotent God has been a cornerstone of human civilization. Yet, the fascinating realization is how malleable this concept has been. The belief in one God has evolved, shaped by the chisel of time the brushstrokes of philosophy, and the pen of human reflection. The teachings of Greek thinkers, the transformative experience of exile, the bold questions posed by the Enlightenment, all have left their mark on how Judaism, Christianity, and Islam perceive and interact with the divine. Our exploration will reveal more than just the historical shifts in divine perception. It's a reflection of humanity's quest to understand itself and its place in the universe with the idea of God serving as a mirror for our collective self-image. Prepare to delve into a world where ancient wisdom saved the intellectual treasure of Greece for the Christian West, where Babylonian deities crafted humankind from clay, and where the bold assertion arose that God had, in fact, died. The journey will challenge what you know about the divine, offering a new perspective on the eternal search for meaning and connection with a higher power. Part 1. Tracing the birth of monotheism in the beliefs of the ancient Israelites. How does the image of God form in your mind? An omnipotent creator, a protector, or a mere essence of spirituality? The answers vary greatly because humanity has entertained a multitude of divine images over the eons, 
particularly within the tapestries of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Our odyssey begins in the ancient lands of the Middle East, approximately 14 millennia ago. Here, pagan tribes each nurtured their own divine concepts, sculpting gods and goddesses from their understanding of the world. Consider the cradle of Western civilization, Mesopotamia, within modern Iraq's borders. Its people perceived their society as besieged by chaos, necessitating powerful deities to harness order from the disarray. The tale of creation in Mesopotamia, chronicled in the Enuma Elish, narrates the dawn of gods from chaos's void, deities symbolizing prime elements like water, earth, and the heavens. From Marduk's blood mixed with earth arose humankind, a species born of divine essence, according to this law. Amidst these ancient narratives, one group carved a novel theological path, the Israelites of the southern Levant. Settling in Canaan around 1850 BCE, they traced their origins to Abraham and his grandson Jacob, also known as Israel. Initially, they embraced a divine conception similar to neighboring cultures, acknowledging a pantheon of gods. But over time, their faith coalesced around a singular entity, evolving from a pagan archetype of a supreme sky god. In the dawn of biblical scripture, Genesis and Exodus, penned in the 8th century BCE, the divine moniker oscillates between Elohim and Yahweh. Elohim was their exalted god, while Yahweh signified a deity with a lineage, the god of our fathers. A conjecture arises that perhaps these designations trace back to separate deities, each reigning over distinct realms which eventually fused into one. Significantly, after their liberation from Egyptian bondage, the Israelites pledged unwavering devotion to Yahweh as their sole deity. In a sacred covenant, Yahweh vowed to be their guardian, etching a new chapter in the annals of spiritual devotion. Part 2. Charting the Evolving Nature of God in the Hearts and Minds of the Israelites The Israelite conception of God was anything but static. It was a burgeoning narrative that morphed with the ebb and flow of their collective experience. Yahweh, once envisaged as a deity of warfare, was eventually enshrined in the Israelite psyche as a being of universal might and singular focus. But why did Yahweh stand apart from the crowded pantheons of the time? Yahweh distinguished himself by engaging with his people through profound personal episodes. His presence wasn't anchored in elaborate mythologies typical of the era's gods. Instead, he chose prophets like Isaiah as his confidants, conduits for his word. Moreover, Yahweh was notably more enigmatic and separate from humanity than the gods of neighboring faiths. While pagan myths often depicted humans as partaking in the divinity of the gods, born of their essence, Yahweh existed in a distant, sacred sphere. This heightened sense of divinity came with an austere demand for exclusivity. Yahweh's followers were to forsake all other gods with a fervor unheard of in the more inclusive pagan traditions. Here arose a novel transgression in the eyes of Yahweh, idolatry. The character of Yahweh further transformed under the guidance of the prophet Isaiah in the 8th century BCE. Depicted now as a creator on par with none, 
his handiwork in forging mankind was no longer an afterthought, unlike how Marduk viewed human creation in Babylonian accounts. As the winds of Greek philosophy swept through the 4th century BCE, the perception of Yahweh evolved yet again, this time into a deity of intellectual depth and wisdom. But the integration of these new ideas was not without friction. While renowned Greek thinkers like Aristotle cast God as the detached, unmoved mover, Yahweh was actively engaged in the theater of the human world. Through these shifts and turns, the Jewish understanding of God crystallized, a portrait of Yahwehzin crafted from the tapestry of time, tradition, and intellectual exchange. Part 3. With the Advent of Jesus, Christianity forges a new vision of the divine. In the annals of divine contemplation, one pivotal turn of events that deeply stirred the monotheistic waters was the life and teachings of Jesus, a figure whose historical details are shrouded in the mists of time. We peer into this past largely through the Gospel of Mark, a narrative emerging some four decades after Jesus' demise. For many Jews in Palestine during this era, Jesus was the awaited Messiah, the Anointed One, hailing from the lineage of King David, who declared the imminent arrival of God's kingdom through his travels in Galilee. Then, in a turn as tragic as it was unexpected, Jesus found his earthly journey cut short, crucified, circa 30 AD. The impact of this event sent ripples through the budding community of believers, compelling a profound re-examination of their understanding of God and the messianic promise. Enter the Apostle Paul, a figure instrumental in shaping early Christian thought. He interpreted Jesus' agonizing death as a sacrificial act meant for our sins, infusing his end with redemptive significance. To those early followers, especially a Jew like Paul, introducing Jesus as a second God alongside Yahweh was inconceivable. Even Jesus himself never claimed outright divinity, a concept that wouldn't gain acceptance among Christ's followers until the fourth century. Paul instead envisioned Jesus as the supreme manifestation of God's word. In contrast to the Jewish belief that placed the Torah at the pinnacle of divine revelation, this interpretation cleaved a deep divide between those who embraced Jesus as Messiah and those who remained adherent to Jewish tradition. By the 80s AD, this emerging Christian faction was discarding Torah observance and its associated practices. Thus, was Christianity truly born out of the heart of Judaism, but nurturing a decidedly different image of the divine? This new conception of God embraced attributes of kindness and benevolence marking a departure from the martial characteristics often ascribed to Yahweh. The divergence in faith, theology, and the very essence of God between Christianity and Judaism was now complete. Part 4. Grasping the Complex Christian Idea of God from Creation to the Trinity Christianity, emerging from a modest sectarian movement, experienced a meteoric rise within the Roman Empire, culminating in its endorsement by Emperor Constantine in the 4th century. Yet, adherents and onlookers alike found the core tenets of Christian doctrine mystifying. Among the most formidable concepts to fathom was creation ex nihilo, the belief that the universe was crafted not from pre-existing materials, but conjured into existence from absolute nothingness. This notion stood in direct opposition to the entrenched Greek philosophical principle 
where the axiom was that nothing comes from nothing, implying an eternal cosmos. The First Council of Nicaea in 325 AD grappled with such doctrines, eventually ratifying the perplexing idea of creation from nothing. For many, especially those with pagan backgrounds, this was an intellectual hurdle. Perhaps even more inscrutable was the Christian doctrine of the Trinity, the intricate relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Was Jesus divine or merely divine's offspring? And the Holy Spirit's nature, was it another name for God or a distinct divine presence? These questions churned in the minds of the faithful as ancient theologians endeavored to delineate these foundational Christian beliefs. Three theologians of the fourth century, Basil of Caesarea, Gregory of Nyssa, and Gregory of Nazianzus, became key figures in untangling the mysteries of the Trinity. They attempted to discern between the nature of God's essence and his actions in the mortal realm. To them, the terms Father, Son, and Spirit were each a refracted ray of God's essence, a part of the divine puzzle yet intrinsically linked, inseparable as is God himself. This Trinitarian model posited that humans could only glimpse portions of God's divine reality. To fully comprehend his essence was a task beyond our earthly bounds, a divine mystery preserved for the infinite. Part 5. The Rise of Islam and Prophet Muhammad's Lasting Impact on Monotheism If the life of Jesus is cloaked in some historical obscurity, the saga of the Prophet Muhammad offers us a clearer lens into the origins of Islam. Born circa 570 in the vibrant city of Mecca, within the reaches of present-day Saudi Arabia, Muhammad belonged to the influential Quraysh tribe. His early life set him on the path of a merchant, a role well respected within his community where pagan worship was commonplace, and Allah, the high God, was one among many deities revered. It was on a fateful night during the month of Ramadan in the year 610 that the ordinary course of Muhammad's life took an extraordinary turn. On the slopes of Mount Hira, he was roused from slumber by an angelic visitation, a celestial messenger who delivered the command to recite. Convinced of divine selection, Muhammad perceived his experience as an encounter with the same God known to the Israelites, embarking on a mission to resuscitate a lost monotheism. Unbeknownst to him at the outset, this journey would lay the groundwork for an entirely new faith. Islam, a name derived from the act of submission to the creator Allah. The term Muslim dovetails with this foundational concept, indicating one who surrenders themselves to God. The principles of Islam urged the cultivation of a society rooted in justice and equity. The Quran, Islam's sacred scripture, called upon its followers to uphold charity towards the less fortunate and to eschew hoarding wealth. Moreover, the Quran was not merely didactic. It was a resonant masterpiece of literary art. Its linguistic allure was instrumental in facilitating the spread of Islam among Arabic speakers. In these revelations granted to Muhammad, God's words resonated in Arabic for the very first time delivered by the angel Gabriel in subsequent epiphanies. Muhammad, unable to read or write, enlisted the aid of literate disciples to document these divine transmissions, hence the Quran's appellation, meaning 
the recitation. Its eloquence left a powerful impression, reinforcing the belief that none but God could engineer such linguistic splendor. Part 6. The Fusion of Greek Philosophy with Islamic, Jewish, and Christian Theology As the Islamic realm extended its influence across vast terrains of the Middle East, Africa, and into the realms of Southern Europe, the seeds of a cultural and intellectual renaissance were being sown. The ninth century bore witness to a golden age of enlightenment, ushered in by the philosophes, a vanguard of philosophers dedicated to the pursuit of falsafa, meaning philosophy. These thinkers boldly fused their veneration of Allah with Greek philosophical tradition, elevating rational thought as the pinnacle of religious endeavor. Taking a leaf from Aristotle, they endeavored to establish the existence of God employing the tools of logical reasoning. However, their path was riddled with challenges. Aristotle's portrayal of the divine as an unmoved mover, an eternal entity untouched by temporal events, and inaccessible through prophecy, stood in stark contrast to the Islamic view of an engaged prophetic God. Gradually, the philosophes came to terms with the limitations of pure reason as a means to comprehend God. In its stead, they turned to the tangible wonders of the natural world, diving into disciplines such as astronomy, alchemy, medicine, and mathematics. Their contributions ignited a scientific revolution couched in a deep-seated belief in the divine manifest in everyday life. Remarkably, the philosophes saw no discord between scientific inquiry and devout religious practice, a thesis that reverberated throughout the religious sphere. Jewish scholars, adjacent to these intellectual developments, began to weave philosophical speculation into the fabric of Judaism as the ninth century drew to a close. Christian thinkers, too, once wary of Greek philosophical thought, began to recognize its value. Embracing logic and reasoning, they sought to construct rational arguments for the existence of God, paralleling their Islamic contemporaries. Anselm of Canterbury, an 11th-century Christian philosopher, is one such figure who endeavored in this direction. And thus, a byproduct of this Arab engagement with Greco-philosophical texts was their translation into Latin, opening a gateway of knowledge that would deeply influence Christian scholars across northern Europe for eras to come. Part 7. Embracing the Mystical The Spiritual Journeys Within Judaism, Christianity, and Islam The foundational texts of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam portray a God vibrant with personal attributes. He is a creator who nurtures and judges, even displaying wrath when provoked. Followers could relate to such a deity, who seemed to embody behaviors and emotions reflective of their own human experiences. Allah, too, is depicted with human-like senses. He listens, sees, and evaluates. But a relatable God could also inspire imitation in the less favorable sense. Judgment, condemnation, and exclusion mimicking the punitive aspects assigned to the divine. To counterbalance this risk and deepen spiritual connection, adherents within these three faiths ventured into the realm of mysticism, a path meant to transcend the pitfalls of anthropomorphizing God. In the Islamic world of the 8th and 9th centuries, a significant mystical movement unfurled its influence, Sufism. 
the Sufis sought to encounter God in a manner akin to the profound revelations experienced by Muhammad. They devised an array of practices, including specialized breathing exercises, postures, and concentrated meditations, all with the objective of lifting consciousness into sublime union with the divine. Parallel currents of mysticism stirred within Judaism in the 12th and 13th centuries, giving rise to the mystical tradition known as Kabbalah. This practice centered around a symbolic and mystical interpretation of Yahweh, far removed from rational analyses. Every word of the Torah, in the eyes of Kabbalists, was a gateway to understanding one of the ten sefirot, divine emanations personifying varying aspects of God's presence. Kabbalah was something of a secret wisdom, passed from one generation to the next, a reflection inherent in its very name, which translates to received tradition. It wasn't until the 14th century that Christian Europe would embrace its own mystical chapter. Figures such as Meister Eckhart, a German Dominican monk, advocated for a departure from traditionally anthropomorphic views of God. He proposed that some divine qualities lay beyond the compass of human imagery and rationale. In his contemplation, he used metaphors such as desert, wilderness, and nothing to evoke a sense of the divine that transcended human conception, signaling an alternative pathway to engage with the sacred. Part 8. Religious Upheaval and Transformation in the Jewish, Christian, and Islamic Worlds The 15th and 16th centuries marked a period of turmoil and transformation that rippled through each of the three great monotheistic traditions reshaping their religious landscapes and theological frameworks. For the Jewish community, life in Spain became precarious. Once protected within the embrace of Muslim-ruled regions, they now faced the onslaught of Christian crusaders. The ultimatum was stark, accept baptism or face banishment. Unwilling to betray their faith, many Jews chose exile. Driven from their ancestral home, these Jewish exiles forged Safed Kabbalism, a theology that positioned dislocation and exile as intrinsic to the divine experience. This new perspective on God and existence harmonized with the scattered Jewish diaspora, offering solace during a time of communal despair. Almost concurrently, a seismic shift rattled the foundations of the Catholic Church as the 16th century dawned. The Protestant Reformation emerged with figures like Martin Luther advocating for a return to a simpler, more authentic practice of Christianity. John Calvin, another Reformation luminary, emphasized social, political, and economic interpretations of the faith, seeding ideas that would deeply influence Western society's trajectory. Islam, too, grappled with internal divisions and the long-standing fissure between Sunnis and Shias an ideological split tracing back to disputes over the rightful successor to Prophet Muhammad. While Sunni Islam eschewed hereditary leadership, Shiism insisted on the Prophet's bloodline as the only legitimate lineage for leadership. This schism took on a new intensity with the ascension of Shah Ismail, founder of the Safavid dynasty, in the early 16th century. Claiming territory across Azerbaijan, western Iran, and parts of Iraq, Shah Ismail asserted himself as an imam and a devout Shia, imposing Shia Islam upon his subjects and vowing to dismantle the Sunni establishment. Thus, each of these monotheistic faiths encountered significant challenges and embarked on new paths, 
their concepts of God, their beliefs, and their communities forever altered by the winds of historical change. Part 9. The Enlightenment sparks a return to the conception of an impersonal God. The waning of the 16th century heralded the arrival of the Enlightenment, a transformative period infusing the Western world with a profound shift in thought and technological expansion. This era, brimming with new inventions, economic growth and the rise of capitalism, instilled a burgeoning confidence in human progress and autonomy. Intellectual titans of the period, inspired by this newfound sense of emancipation, brought forward the ideas of liberty and independence that thinkers like Immanuel Kant championed. This philosophical and scientific renaissance inevitably cast its light upon notions of the divine. Europe's eminent scholars once again took up the ancient challenge of proving God's existence through the power of reason, echoing the intellectual quests of the 9th century philosophes and the ancient Greeks. René Descartes, the celebrated French philosopher of the 17th century, approached this quest with a mathematician's eye. He sought a clear analytical proof for God's existence, employing his faith in analytical reasoning and abstract mathematical principles. Isaac Newton, the father of modern mechanics, pursued a different yet compatible path. He posited God as the primary force behind all physical motion, resonating to some extent with Aristotle's concept of the unmoved mover. Both thinkers were emblematic of an age characterized by a dedication to empirical observation and experimentation over mystical or mythological explanations. Such scientific fervor gave rise to a new religious philosophy known as deism. Stripping away the trappings of revelation myth and complex theological constructs like the Trinity, deism put forth an unembellished, detached deity, a deus devoid of personal attributes. Deism therefore didn't just reshuffle existing beliefs. It represented an audacious step towards a worldview where God was understood not as a dynamic participant in human affairs, but as a prime mover, distantly orchestrating the cosmos from the removed sanctity of the heavens. Part 10. The Philosophical Declaration of God's Demise in the 19th Century Atheism often carries the notion of a complete disavowal of deity, but its roots delve deeper into the rejection of prevalent conceptions of God, conceptions perceived as misaligned with the times. Thus, by the 19th century, atheism wasn't a novel philosophy. It had a robust history and was poised to gain momentum in the shift toward modernity. In the Christian West, the traditional view of God increasingly appeared ill-suited for an advancing society fueled by technological progress. As individuals leaned into their newfound independence, the idea of a divine overseer dictating the course of human lives seemed increasingly incongruous. This anachronistic view of God also clashed with the emerging notions of human dignity, an inheritance from the Enlightenment era. It propounded a deity who mandated chastity and ascetic living, principles that seemed to suffocate the zest for life. Friedrich Nietzsche, the German philosopher, crystallized this sentiment, denouncing such a deity as a crime against life. In one of his most provocative works, Thus Spoke Zarathustra, Nietzsche delivered the message that would echo through the ages, the proclamation of God's death, 
a casualty of humanity's own making. This cultural zeitgeist was not contained solely within Christianity. Muslims, too, sensed a divine withdrawal. The 19th century observed the zenith of European colonialism, alongside the decline of the once mighty Ottoman Empire. For an Islamic world accustomed to historical validation of God's favor, the ascent of Christian Europe symbolized a loss of divine grace. Simultaneously, Jewish communities were besieged by rampant anti-Semitism, their trials beginning with the waves of pogroms in 1881 Russia and rippling out across Eastern Europe. In Western Europe, pernicious racial ideologies laid the groundwork for the cataclysmic horrors of the Holocaust. For many Jews, the unfathomable suffering of that time evoked a profound sense of divine desertion. Together, these experiences across the religious spectrum fed into a sentiment that the God of old was absent in a world moving inexorably towards the future. Part 11. Navigating the Present in Search of a Contemporary Understanding of God The saga of God's existence has been an undeniably extensive and diverse one, a narrative that continues to unfold amidst our ever-evolving world. In today's era of rapid transformation, it becomes clear that long-standing perceptions of God are encountering an existential crisis. Our collective understanding beckons a refashioned deity, suited to guide us through the complexities and quandaries of modern life. What, then, will be the enduring relevance of God in our societal landscape? In many corners of Europe, atheism is on the rise, with ecclesiastical institutions witnessing their influence wane as churches stand increasingly vacant. Yet the fading resonance of traditional religious frameworks doesn't spell demise for everyone. Jean-Paul Sartre, emblematic of French existential thought, posited that the liberation of humankind is fenced in by the dictates of conventional religion, suggesting that divine prescriptions curtail genuine human freedom. Similarly, the Jewish existentialist Hans Jonas grappled with the paradoxes lodged within classical theistic views. The omnipotent God became an incongruity in the shadow of the Holocaust's immense tragedy, an omniscient deity who stood by as countless suffered. Yet the notion of an impotent God posed an equally confounding conundrum, as it stripped the very essence of divinity. Despite such philosophical hurdles, the quest for God persists. In this incessant search, new theological narratives emerge. Take, for instance, the advent of process theology, championed by thinkers like Daniel Day Williams in the 1960s. It paints God not as an omnipotent figure orchestrating events, but as compassionate kin, a companion who, though unable to prevent calamity, does not impede human will. The tides of gender equality and feminism have also reshaped divine imagery. A solely masculine portrayal of God becomes increasingly untenable in a society striving for parity. Amid the evolving ethos of our time, God's image is being recast, molded by the hands of contemporary society. Should this malleable conception continue to adapt to the unfolding narrative of human experience, the presence and influence of God may yet endure through the ages. Final summary. The narratives of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam 
are rich with transformation, tracing the evolution of the concept of God through time. The divine face, as understood by these Abrahamic faiths, has morphed under the pressures of history, cultural shifts, and the relentless quest for meaning. From the early depictions of a deity imbued with personal attributes, to the philosophical musings of ancient Greeks, across the fervent waves of the Enlightenment, and into the complexities of the modern world, God has been a constant presence, a beacon for some and a question for others. As humanity moves forward, these traditions continue to grapple with the enduring essence of God, ensuring that this divine figure remains not only a relic of the past but a potential guide for the future, an eternal companion in the search for understanding and purpose. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.